If you could and you have your, your Bibles, return to Romans chapter 8, and today we'll look at verses 37 through 39. <clears throat> no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I looked at some uh, figures from history this week, and I have some, some information that's kind of interesting. Um, in 10 years as emperor, Napoleon Bonaparte conquered most of continental Europe. What you would look at the map today and see what we would consider Europe. He conquered most of it in his tenure uh, as the emperor and as a general in France. Alexander the Great's empire spread from Macedonia to India. It was about 2.2 million square miles. That's a lot of territory for one man to have conquered. Genghis Khan conquered nearly the entirety of modern China, as well as spilling over into Russia, Turkey, most of the Persian Middle East, and nearly everything between except for India. Comparing him to Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan conquered almost 5 million square miles of territory. Why does that matter? Why is that significant to our, our reading today from Romans 8, 37 through 39? It's because of what Paul says when he says that we, through Christ, are more than conquerors. Through Christ that loved us. We are more than conquerors. There, hopefully, will never be another person like Genghis Khan to come and to conquer that much. But even at the peak of what he, he controlled, the 5 million square feet, um, it's a fraction. There's almost 200 million square feet of land on the earth. So this is a very small piece, like two and a half percent, maybe. What is what does Christ control? What is Christ's domain? If you look in Scripture, we see that all the earth, not only all the earth, all of our solar system, beyond that, all the universe, and all the universes that we can't number. John 1.3 says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. Everything that exists was made by Christ, for Christ, and through Christ. All things, the earth, the moon, the stars, uh, the universe our solar system is in is about 93 billion light years in diameter. We can't even begin to wrap our mind around that. From the information we can gather, there are about 10 to the 10th power to the 16th power universes that exist. All these things 
were created by God. All these things were made by Christ, for Christ, through Christ. This is all of his domain. Next to that, five million square miles doesn't seem like a whole lot. It, it's not even noticeable. It wouldn't even be a, a blip on a map that you could that you could conceive. In Christ, then, we are more than conquerors. In this age, the conqueror, this was the, the age of the conqueror. We have, we have this little microcosm, this little period of time. Uh, we have suspected that Nero was either ruling or about to rule. Um, so we, <coughs> pardon me, we know from history uh, that the fall of the Roman Empire is, is, is on the horizon, that we have uh, all the, these different um, different nations rise up and these different conquerors and all these different things happen. But Paul declares us in Christ, as Christ's elect, as more than conquerors. I think that's really significant because I think we feel this sense that we are meek and the meek will inherit the earth. And that's that's true. As Christians, we... We aren't to be participants in violence. We aren't to take things that we want by force. We aren't to be aggressors. We aren't to be those who would seek to, to take life in order to better our own lives. <clears throat> there obviously are times in history in which God set aside people to be destroyed. He sent the Israelites to destroy Canaanites, etc. But we, as, as Christians, this isn't our lot to go raise up an army and, and go conquer Bracken County because we want the land. That's not, that's not our, our mission. But in Christ, we are more than conquerors. We talked about, um, last week, we, we continue to talk about being, what it meant to be a part of the inheritance of God, to be joint heirs with Christ. So what is it that we conquer in Christ? What is it that we have dominion of in Christ? Well, if you look at, at verse 30, verses 38 and 39, For I am sure, I am convinced, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So this is what we conquer. We experience sickness. We experience injury. We get fired from jobs. We have cars break. We have uh, in, uh, illness come to family and friends. All these things. We have persecution that we experience in our lives. None of these things hold a permanent power over us. The light and momentary affliction that, that, we, that we discussed um, doesn't compare to the weight of glory. Uh so we see things, for me, in the Bible, I, I see angels as, as a terrifying force. I think of, I think it's, it's C.S. Lewis where the two angels were discussing humanity and they said, you know, they're so favored by God, but an uncareful touch from one of us would unmake them. And then think about the angels kind of casually sitting over the tomb of Christ where they flick the stone aside to, to allow Christ to come out. And the, the presence of them is terrifying. People see angels, and what do they do? They fall down. 
They fall down, they, they worship, or they pass out. Just from the visage of an angel. But what is it that Paul says? None of these powers have any dominion over us. What is the worst that the world can do to us? It can kill us, right? That's the, that's the worst that, that they can do. Um, I read in a book one time that was encouraged, you know, to have perspective over problems in your life. It says, you know, unless it can kill you and eat you, you don't have to worry about it. And if it can, there's not much you can do anyway. So we don't have to, to be concerned with these things. Why? Because Paul again in Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I live, it's because God has work ordained for me to do, and He's going to use me, and He's going to do His will through me. And when that's done, I die. And then I'm in the presence of Christ. I'm in the presence of God forever. And I think about, we, we see a lot of celebrities and things die, and we think, man, what a waste. This person was, was so young. And I typically don't feel that way because a lot of times, a lot of the people that, that, you, that you see, yes, I maybe really enjoyed their music, but they lived them li- their lives solely for themselves. But then you read about, like, Jim Elliott, and you think, why did he have to die in the way that he did at the time that he did, so young, he completed the mission that God had for him. And I think of Keith Green. He died at like 43 in a plane accident, tragic accident. He completed what God had set before him. So I, I shouldn't feel bad for him. I should rejoice, uh, as his widow uh, Melody does. She rejoices that that Keith and their, their baby Josiah that was with them, they are in the presence of Christ now. So this encouragement from Paul and all this building up in, in Romans 8, the culmination of all this is that if, if you are in Christ's elect, if you walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh, then there is therefore now no condemnation. Your assurance is in Christ. How do I know that, that, I, that I have assurance in Christ that when I die I'll spend eternity in heaven, not in eternal punishment? Because if we are in Christ, where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father now, interceding on our behalf. So if we are in Christ and we suffer as Christ suffered, then our lot is to join Him in death but in resurrection. This is our hope. This is, this is the thing that should get us out of bed in the morning before our feet hit the floor each day We should have a word of praise on our lips for God for saving us because alternatively, there's nothing for us to look forward to. The joy that I find in this day based on the work that I can do with my own hands, that's all the joy I'll ever know. Those who die apart from Christ, this life is the closest thing to heaven they'll ever have. And for those of us who die in Christ, this is the closest thing to hell we'll ever know. So Paul is encouraging his readers. He's encouraging them to to say, look, if you're in Christ, I know you're suffering. I know you're being persecuted. I know you're, you're being led as lambs to the slaughter. 
all the day long. I know this. I've experienced it. I lived it. I, I've, I've been beaten and tortured and, and kicked out of the cities, left for dead, shipwrecked, all these snake bit, all these things. I understand, but it's a small thing. Because what is to come, you can't even comprehend the joy of being with Christ. So as we come to the end of, of Romans, and as we look again at the, the second part of verse 39, None of these things will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is our assurance. That there, there is no power outside of God. There is nothing outside of His control. And there is no power that He has made that is able to snatch us out of Christ's hand. Christ says, all those that you've given me, I hold them. So then it comes down again to this question. Are you in Christ? Do you walk according to the spirit of life? Or do you walk according to the flesh? And this is, this is what we need to, to think about, not in a, in, a, in a way where it makes us question our assurance, but where we understand, am I walking according to the spirit of life? Is the fruit of Christ evident in my life? This examination is, is healthy. And it's good because if you come to a place where you say, no, I don't, I don't have this fruit. I don't have this, this joy. My joy isn't for Christ. My joy is for myself and my things. Then we come to Christ and we, we plead for His mercy. We pre plead for the mercy of God. We lay our sin aside, and we believe on Christ. This is what the Bible says. How, how, we, how, how can we be saved? Believe in Christ. Turn away from your sin. And as we read in, in um, Isaiah this morning, there's a highway that is made for the righteous, and the unrighteous can't trot, tread upon it. There won't be any lions to come and eat you. There won't be any principalities or powers or angels or demons or anything. It's a straight path. So as we, we finish up Romans chapter 8 today, um, I had encouraged you to read it last week. If you didn't get to, if you didn't get to sit down, read all of Romans 8, uh, do it tonight, do it today, or, or at some point in this week, sit down, read it, uh, read it together, read it, and you listen to it in your car or something. But, but keep this in mind that, that, this is, that Paul is reminding us of assurance in Christ for those who walk according to the Spirit. That there is no power able to undo what God has done. Let's pray together. Most gracious God, we are grateful this morning for the assurance that we have in Christ Jesus. For we know that He went ahead of us. We know that He suffered your wrath on the cross as payment for our sin. And Father, we know that if we are in Christ, that when we die and you look upon us, you won't see the sin of our lives. You'll see the righteousness of your Son. This imputation of the righteousness of Christ, Father. And we're, we are immeasurably grateful for this justification. And we long for glorification. We long to be in your presence, O oh God. 
So my prayer today, Father, is that you stir in us this desire, this desire to be like Christ, for us to be sanctified, and for us to have assurance of salvation, not according to our feelings, but according to your word. And Father, if there are those here who don't know Christ, I pray you would break their hearts, that they would no longer desire the way that leads to destruction, but they would desire to walk according to the spirit of life. Father, we're grateful for this 10 weeks that we've had. We're grateful for this word, and we ask that you would continue to use it for our sanctification. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.